Well, welcome to the Utah Lake Update. Uh, my name is Craig Christensen. I'm the Executive Director with Conserve Utah Valley, and we're excited today to have a local expert uh, on our podcast today. Uh, before I introduce Ben, let me just give a, a couple of things that you can do to step up and uh, speak out on behalf of Utah Lake. If you go to www.conserveutahvalley.org, you can sign a petition so don't pave Utah Lake petition. Uh, we also have some instructions on writing your legislators. Currently, Representative Stratton has introduced an amendment to help amend House Bill 272. We'd also ask that you consider attending the rally at the state capitol that's going to be on February 7th. That's a Monday evening on the steps of the capitol, where we're going to have a number of people talking about the state of Utah Lake and some uh, th- good things that you can do to get involved. So please mark that on your calendar. Uh, let me introduce uh, Dr. Ben Abbott. Ben is a professor of ecosystems ecology. Ben, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. Now, uh, Ben, would you take just a moment, uh, tell people just a little bit about your involvement with Utah Lake. Yeah, I um, have been studying Utah Lake since 2017. But you know, researchers have been working on Utah Lake for over 50 years. I'm in aquatic ecology generally. And so uh, it was really interesting to come into the valley and see the amount of research and restoration work that was ongoing. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, we're delighted to have you not only here tonight, but your efforts on restoring Utah Lake. So give us a little bit of history about the lake, just so that we have a a better idea of some of the, the story behind Utah Lake. Yeah, Utah Lake has a fascinating history. And I encourage anybody who wants to dig deeper to go to utahlake.byu.edu. And there's a non-technical article there. But Utah Lake is one of the remnants of Lake Bonneville. So this whole region used to be covered by a Pleistocene lake until about 15,000 years ago. One of the biggest floods in all geology drained out. And then uh, because of climate change, the lake level slowly dropped until we just had the Great Salt Lake as the biggest remnant, Utah Lake upstream, and then Severe Lake that many people don't know that's uh, just down the road, an ephemeral lake that dries out. Nice. nice. And so what is it that makes Utah Lake so important? You know, we live in the Great Basin, which is a semi-arid ecosystem. It's about 98% land. And so every little bit of water is crucial habitat. And so this is part of the Pacific Flyway. Um, Tens of millions of birds come through this region. And the wetlands around Utah Lake play a crucial role in that. It also provides us services. The evaporation from Utah Lake is a source of local precipitation. And that evaporation plus the biological processes in the lake remove nutrients. So there are almost 500,000 people that live in the watershed. We all do our business once or more times a day, and that has to go somewhere. So it goes through wastewater treatment plants, and then Utah Lake acts like a large wetland to remove much of that nutrient. Well, it sounds like that would create some problems with the lake. Um, Tell us a little bit about the restoration efforts. Yeah, so one of the issues that Utah Lake is facing, like most lakes across the United States, is is algal blooms. Mm. And algal blooms are caused by an overabundance of nutrients. Nutrients are a good thing, but too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So... It's a condition called eutrophication, where you have too much nutrient, uh, not enough water, and you end up with overgrowth of algae and cyanobacteria. In the grand scheme of things, Utah Lake is doing better than most lakes in the U.S. In fact, it's in the cleanest category based on the most recent um, research. But there still are um, these algal blooms, especially near the outlets of wastewater treatment plants. And that happens to be where most people interact with the lake. So they see that localized problem and Sometimes it can seem like the lake's in really bad shape. We need to continue reducing nutrients and restoring water flow to the lake, but the lake's on a good trajectory. The satellite data shows that over the last 35 years, there's been a substantial decrease in the frequency and intensity of those blooms. So we need to keep it on track. 
Okay. So that sounds encouraging. So how does Utah Lake compare to other lakes? I mean, is every other lake experiencing similar things? Yeah, most lakes are experiencing harmful algal blooms. However, Utah Lake is quite different. Um, it's very shallow because of that ancient history of Lake Bonneville. So it's the remnant there in the, in the flat lake bed. Also, it's turbid. That means the water is somewhat cloudy. That's a natural characteristic of Utah Lake. And that allows Utah Lake to have good water quality status, even though it has heavier nutrient loading than most lakes. Most lakes, you put as much nutrient as we do into the water, you'd have algal blooms wall-to-wall year-round. And instead, in Utah Lake, we just have very often a few weeks a year where you have these uh, closures because of the algal blooms. So when you think about Utah Lake, clearly some good things have been happening. It's in recovery. What are some of the challenges ahead for Utah Lake? I want to back up a little bit and mention one other big landmark. Okay. The, the June sucker was listed as an endangered species in 1986 when I was two years old. <laughs> and efforts were put in place, really creative community collaborative efforts to restore water flow, protect habitat, remove invasive species. And in 2020 and 2021, there was a huge landmark. The June sucker was downlisted from endangered to threatened. Yeah, amazing. It's almost impossible amazing. to overstate how big a deal that is. It's a huge success the result of decades of restoration. Just one of the many indicators that things are getting better in Utah Lake. But there are big threats. You know, we're facing climate change, which is putting more pressure on uh, the water resources in the lake. It's also increasing the temperature of the lake. We have one of the most rapidly growing populations of anywhere in the United States. So more, again, more demand for water, potentially more nutrients going into the lake. But if you were to ask me what the biggest threat that Utah Lake is facing now, I'd say that it is the lack of understanding and relationship of many in our valley with Utah Lake. What do you mean by that? You know, if you ask people, what, what do you think of when you hear uh, Utah Lake? Many of them have never visited the lake. Yeah. Uh, so they may have only seen the announcements of the algal blooms that always get headlines. They may not know that context. And then it looks different than some of the reservoirs that people are used to visiting. But yeah, it's not a deep water lake. It's not a deep, clear water lake. Was it lake. ever a deep water lake? No. So the um, rate of sedimentation is, is about the same as it was before uh, European contact. Very, very slow, two millimeters a year. So we're talking about centuries before the the lake bed changes. Until people understand and have a relationship with that ecosystem, it's difficult for them to see why it matters, why we should even care. Thankfully, I'm starting to see people reconnect with the lake. There's a a wonderful Facebook and Instagram group called uh, Utah Lake Photography Club. If people haven't visited the lake, go there. You can ask a question. Hey, where do you go? Right now, there are uh, bald eagles that are all around the lake. You can go take photos of them. It's really an amazing ecosystem, but it takes a little bit. Some people call it an acquired taste. You know, It's not something that you immediately look at and say, wow, how gorgeous. But once you understand what it's doing, its history and importance, um, Utah Lake is a, a gem at the center of our community. Yeah. So just the last point, when you think about what's currently happening in terms of restoration efforts, what encourages you? Uh, you know, there are hundreds of projects that have been completed or are ongoing around Utah Lake. They're being coordinated through the Utah Lake Commission, um, which is a group of 23 partners of cities, uh, representatives from the legislature and government agencies. And What encourages me is the number of people who are spending time and working on uh, protecting and restoring the Utah Lake ecosystem. So even though there have been these pretty crazy and alarming proposals to build islands uh, on the lake or uh, create a brand new governance structure, I really believe in the people of our community. And I think that we're going to slow down and take stock and then make conservative and wise decisions uh, thinking about our stewardship. Great. 
Well, Dr. Ben Abbott, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for all of the work and heart and soul that you put into this amazing a lake that is a part of our neighborhood. Um, just a reminder to everyone, uh, please go to www.conserveutahvalley.org. Uh, we'd encourage you to sign the petition not to pave Utah Lake. We'd encourage you to write your legislators about um, the amendment being uh, circulated by Representative Kevin Stratton. And we would encourage you to attend the rally that's coming up at the state capitol on February 7th. Thank you for joining us on the Utah Lake Update.